Hey everyone, welcome to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Danielle Perry and I am the host. And if you are new to this podcast, it features people of all ages and they share a bit of their story about how God has helped them to overcome a difficult challenge, situation, or season in their lives, or maybe they're on their way to overcoming with God's help. Well, y'all already know I am excited. This is part one of episode 23, and it features a very dear friend of mine, and she's none other than Mrs. Danielle Unger. And the title of this episode is called Overcoming Self-Condemnation. Danielle, thank you so much for sharing your story on this podcast because you definitely have a story to tell and I know it's going to bless so many people. And for those of you who don't know, Danielle and I have been friends since high school, all the way back to Gwen Park. Um, And so I'm super excited that um, she was willing and available to just share a bit of her story. And um, I think many of us can definitely relate to some of what she will share. When it comes to condemnation, you know, if we're not careful, we don't close that door to condemnation, then we will be overtaken um, by depression, by oppression, um, by many dark things because we've allowed the enemy to now make us think that we're not worth it, that we're not worthy of God's love. And so again, you're going to hear from Danielle and some of what she has experienced. Uh, and this episode was recorded um, in Southern Maryland, in Akakeek, Maryland, where I grew up in my high school years. And so um, the background's a bit different. You may hear some background noises, airplanes flying. We were recording near a window. So I hope that's not a distraction to you. Either way, I I know that you're going to be blessed. Also know that Danielle was with child during this episode. She was pregnant at the time, but since then she has welcomed a beautiful baby girl. Congrats, Danielle, to you and Daniel. Without further ado, y'all, here it is, part one of episode 23. Enjoy and be blessed. <laughs> Mrs. Danielle Unger. <laughs> hey, Danielle. Hi. Good morning. <laughs> It's so great to have you on. And um, for those who don't know, you are a friend from high school. High school. Good old Gwen Park, (laughs) as we had a whole conversation about high school before this started. So I'm just glad to have you on. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, we share the same name, which is cool. (laughs) Uh, I I had to think about your last name before I introduced you. I'm like, no, she's not Danielle Jackson anymore. I had to like really think like, oh, I'm I'm good. That's right. But yeah, so um, I was trying to think of a title for this episode, um, and I couldn't really think of one, but Mm. I think maybe what could best um, describe this episode is, uh, I guess, overcoming, you kind of shared it with me, you said overcoming self- Condemnation. Self condemnation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. There we go. Overcoming self condemnation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to talk about that. Um, but before we jump into the questions, I do want you to introduce yourself and just tell a little bit about who you are. Sure. Um, well, as Danielle said, my name is Danielle, formerly Jackson, now <laughs> Unger, the past seven years. Um, I am married to Daniel Unger. And we have been blessed with three beautiful little ones that keep us on our toes. And we have a fourth um, little girl on the way um, in February, Lord willing. Um, so I'm just grateful to be here. I'm from PG County, still Ooh, residing <laughs> still residing in the DMV area. Um, and just been on the journey with the Lord for the past 10 years. I'm um, just grateful each day that... Um, 
I get to belong to him. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, we're going to go ahead and hop into the questions. All right. Okay. So the first question I have for you mm-hmm. is, did you grow up in church? Did I grow up in church? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so we, most of us, you know, many of us have that one praying grandmother, mm-hmm. um, which I did, who was like my best friend. And um, since I was small, she used to take me to church with her um, every maybe a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did grow up somewhat around the things of God mm-hmm. and um, also going to VBS, Vacation Bible School, mm-hmm. um, every so often. And okay. so that was kind of my experience with, with, with being in church mm-hmm. as a kid. It wasn't anything where I was going weekly or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, but uh, maybe a few times a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So growing up as a young girl, what, what was your perspective about God? Right. Uh, my perspective of God, um, I, you know, it's interesting because I don't know if I had as much of a perspective of God as mm-hmm. I did with just like the things I could see. Like, so being in the church environment, mm-hmm. um, for me, it was kind of like intimidating, honestly. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always just felt very self-conscious there. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like um, an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, and so perhaps that translates into how I see the God of this church, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't remember like really having a lot of thoughts about God. It was just more so like this place. And so, I mean, I guess too, if I had any understanding of God, it may have come from a more legalistic perspective mm-hmm. of do this and don't do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. So at some point you did get baptized. I did. Yeah. So tell us how old you were and what happened afterwards. Yeah. I, I believe I had just turned 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was in seventh grade mm-hmm. and my whole motive for even taking this walk up the altar to get baptized was because I felt I was getting too old to okay. like be one of the kids in church who couldn't take communion. <laughs> um, and so like, as I was, you know, getting older, other kids were like giving their lives to the Lord or mm-hmm. at least getting baptized and they were able to like take communion. My mm-hmm. grandmother would point out those kids. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I just mm-hmm. thought it would be special if mm-hmm. on her birthday, mm-hmm. I would take the walk up the aisle when they gave the altar call and had the doors of the church open. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't at all repented of sin. I hadn't mm-hmm. trusted in Christ. Mm-hmm. This was more so I was doing this for my grandmother. Mm-hmm. I was doing this because a boy that I was <laughs> dating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had recently in, done in the same. Mm-hmm. In middle school. <laughs> had done the same mm-hmm. um, a few weeks prior mm-hmm. and I was just embarrassed. I couldn't take communion. So I, when the, they would pass the, the communion elements around, mm-hmm. I would kind of get to a point where I would start pretending I was asleep. And so, cause it was just so embarrassing for me to have to like shake my head. No, that I couldn't accept mm-hmm. it or, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. When even like 10 year olds are, you know, <laughs> getting their communion. Young stuff. kids are doing yeah. it. I'm not yet. Yeah. And so that was a large part of the motives. Mm-hmm. Um, I took new members class and I knew that this was supposed to represent a new birth, mm-hmm. but it hadn't 
occurred to me yet. I hadn't had the conviction or mm-hmm. inner witness of, or the witness of the Spirit saying that I was a sinner and I mm-hmm. needed Christ at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was some head knowledge, perhaps, mm-hmm. very little, mm-hmm. um, but no true conversion yeah. had occurred yet. No true conversion. And I think in a previous conversation I had with you, you said that you had a certain expectation mm-hmm. of something happening after you got baptized. Um, perhaps if, if I did, um, it was simply just the, the knowledge of it being like a new birth, Mm -hmm. um, a second birthday. And I'm Mm -hmm. not sure I even really got what that meant, but Mm -hmm. that was probably just like a buzzword that I'd heard at some point that this is like your second birthday. Mm -hmm. But I essentially went down Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the water as a dry center and came up a wet center. Like Mm -hmm. nothing had, um, nothing had really changed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was the same person. I was living in sin. Mm-hmm. I was um, more influenced by the world than mm-hmm. the things of God. Right. Um, yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know how much, how much your church, like, did they uh, really inform kids that were getting baptized mm-hmm. what the meaning behind it was? Did they do mm-hmm. a good job with that? Well, from what I recall, when I, um, you know, they proclaimed that the doors of the church are open mm-hmm. and... Um, was this a Baptist kind- church? Yeah. It sounds just like my childhood church. That's, that's and, why I asked. And there's, you know, quite a bit of pressure, too, during yeah. that time because you have, like, the pastors walking up and down the aisles and said, do we have one? Do we have one? You know? And so... Just put you on the spot, right? Yeah. And so you're, like, sweating, you know? And, and that is not necessarily the Holy Spirit calling mm-hmm. you, you know, that there's pressure and then mm-hmm. there's music and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and then when you do, you know, make your way up to the front, there's um, just, I remember there was a quick, do you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you know, mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. and it, it, it happens so fast. Yeah. And, and all you have to say is yes. Mm-hmm. And nothing really, you know, could have transpired mm-hmm. inside internally. Um, but you do have a new members class. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that, like, after my um, grandmother passed away mm-hmm. um, and after I legitimately had been converted to the Lord, we mm-hmm. were over at her house um, going through some of her things. Mm-hmm. And I came across some she taught the new members class. Okay. Um, and I came across some materials and mm-hmm. I'm, and at this point I'm walking with the Lord and I'm like, this stuff is good. You know, like I'm looking <laughs> through these papers and I'm like, I learned this. Right. This is what I was learning. But it's like, wow, you're so blinded yeah. until that, that, um, that mask is mm-hmm. taken off, that mm-hmm. veil is removed. Mm-hmm. You could be reading truth. But wow, you're you're blinded mm-hmm, to it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so there were some solid things that I had apparently mm-hmm, <laughs> been, you know, shared with me, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely understand that. I'm I'm even thinking about to when I was baptized. So the the age at my church that you could get baptized at was eight. Okay. So that was like the age of baptism mm-hmm. and <laughs> I got baptized at eight and um I just remember the water being cold. <laughs> um I remember who baptized me. Mm-hmm. Um his name was Reverend Jones. I grew up with his sons, well, all of his children, but mainly his sons. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I just only really remember that, you mm-hmm. know, I don't really remember why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess I had some kind of knowledge of it, but now what I know about baptism, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't know that at eight years 
years old, yeah. you know? So I think when it comes to children, mm-hmm. maybe we could, um, and this isn't every church, but maybe we could make sure that they really know yeah. the reason behind their baptism. So, And it's hard, like, especially, you know, if you're a child who's brought up in mm-hmm. a Christian home. And mm-hmm. so you your worldview is being shaped based mm-hmm. on, you know, the word of God. And, and that's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. You learn the lingo mm-hmm. and you, you, you know, you know, these things as head knowledge. It, it can be, I think, hard to d- discern if, mm-hmm. you know, a true conversion has taken place. And I think the only thing with that can be time, you know, yeah. time yeah. and growth and things like that. But yeah. I agree just like, yeah, making sure a little one understands mm-hmm. like what this means. Mm-hmm. And it's not just so that you can, you know, Go under the water, Go you know. Go under the water, do what your <laughs> friends are doing, mm-hmm. please, mommy or daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, get to join a, a chicken dinner or, right. you know, just whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. whatever thing. Um, mm-hmm. But this is what this means. Yeah. And then discipleship, of course, needing to take place afterwards. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want you to talk about your high school years. <laughs> Yeah. Just had a whole conversation before. <laughs> um, talk about your high school years and mm-hmm. how you were spiritually at the time. Wow. Um, so high school years, gosh, um, I, I can't say that like during high school um, I gave much thought like to, to the things of God. Mm-hmm. I know that um, just by God's providence, there were several individuals there mm-hmm. who I could pinpoint as something's different about them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but at the same time, I um, I kind of had this standard in my mind of what a good person, a moral person is like. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I just tried to keep myself in line by checking off these boxes, mm-hmm. you know, you, certain things you don't do, you don't drink and you don't smoke mm-hmm. and you're not, you know, uh, being impure, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of my standard of morality mm-hmm. per se. Um, but I, and I, and I can't even just looking back, I can't even remember what like my church attendance looked like even back mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it probably wasn't much and I probably was still struggling a lot with feeling like insecure mm-hmm. at church or like I don't fit in mm-hmm. or you know, things like that. So I don't, I don't think I was going to church much. Um, yeah. And and I, and I don't think I was like giving much thought to the things of God, Mm -hmm. very much just focused on self Mm -hmm. and self gratification and, you know, living life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't, I think those were some like dark years mm-hmm, for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, like in our conversation before this, you know, just talking about um <laughs> just <clears throat> different social groups and mm-hmm. I don't really fit in there. Where do I really fit in? Yeah. And those people are doing that. Well, I don't really do that, but mm-hmm. I do that, but you know, yeah, yeah. all of those things. Um but I do remember you being one of the first people I met. Um, at Gwen Park mm-hmm. because I was new. Yeah. I just moved to the area. I was so upset because I left all of my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember you being one of the first people I met. And I was just like, oh, okay, I think we have a lot in common. We have the same name, you know. <laughs> um, I don't remember if we had many classes together. I don't know. 
I don't remember. Maybe we had Mr. Wolfinger together. Did we? History. Maybe we did. Maybe, Maybe we did. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we did. So how did we? <laughs> so we we talked on the phone. Mm-hmm. I remember we talked on the phone quite a bit, and maybe at lunch we would hang out. Like, I'm trying to think, when did we? Maybe, but I don't know, because I was so intimidated by the cafeteria. <laughs> I don't think Because I... <laughs> it's a big social yes. gathering, right? Yeah. So once I joined ROTC, I think I like would have lunch in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you so. did join ROTC because you mm-hmm. were on the, uh, the drill team. The drill team. Yeah. That's right. That was like my life, you know, until. Um, <laughs> this isn't like you know spirituality in terms of like God, but mm-hmm. it just shows like we're all looking for something to like dedicate to. ourselves mm-hmm. to, to pour mm-hmm. ourselves into. And for me, like that kind of became drill team mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. I know I played softball at another mm-hmm. point, um, but yes, that was like what I could pour myself into. Yeah, we're all looking to worship something. That's true. You know. So. When did you join? Was it sophomore year? It was sophomore year. I wish it would have. I had wanted it to be um, freshman year, but mm-hmm. I guess for whatever reason, I didn't sign up for it in time. But okay. it was definitely sophomore year, and then I was all in. Yeah, like that. Was, I do remember that. Yeah, and I remember thinking it was like every Thursday you guys had to wear your uniform. Yeah, <laughs> every. Why Thursday. do I remember that? That was even <laughs> in our own now, right? <laughs> Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Okay, yeah, yeah. so spiritually, you were kind of like not, you know, there as far as your relationship with God. Right. Um, you said that there were examples there that you kind of gleaned from, mm-hmm. um, but you weren't really in church that often. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're kind of just, just living. Just really. living. Yeah. Just living. So, mm-hmm. okay. So at 18, you attended a, I believe you described it as a youth explosion service. Yeah, indeed. Okay. The summer um, I graduated from mm-hmm. high school, um, I went to like this youth kind of explosion mm-hmm. thing. It lasted for maybe a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember like really anything I learned there, mm-hmm. but I just remember that they had um, some kind of like worship times mm-hmm. and Oh, you know, you just feeling so insecure, like being this 18 year old in a room with other youth and you're expected mm-hmm. to like clap and sing, mm-hmm. and, you know, do all these things. And um, and then there's some at some point in the whole thing, it might have been like the last day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably like this altar call. And I do remember going up mm-hmm. and um, rededicating my life to the Lord. But I don't think I ever, you know, really knew the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so. Coming up and wanting to commit myself to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, so that uh, that happened there, mm-hmm. and and I just I still don't believe like I understood the gospel. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. with that, that right. was more like fire insurance, if you could you know okay. really describe it in mm-hmm. any other way. Um, I remember coming home from that and. Uh, just kind of thinking like through this thing of faith and really analytical in my thinking. I'm like, mm-hmm. I wish like a receipt would drop down from heaven or something mm-hmm. like that. Say it like, mm-hmm. yes, you're in or, you right. know, something you, you purchased mm-hmm. your ticket or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I, I remember like that summer just questioning a lot. How do I know that like something really happened? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. Perhaps I tried to read my Bible mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. that summer um, perhaps I tried to make some moral changes mm-hmm. or just lifestyle changes. 
whatever it was, it didn't stick, Mm -hmm. didn't last. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, soon off to college and, you know, distracted and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of unpack that a little bit because when we dedicate our lives to to Christ, Mm -hmm. we do expect to feel different, Mm -hmm. right? And I believe the way that you're describing it is that you didn't really feel a change at all, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's it's important to note, however, that just because we don't feel it in the moment doesn't mean that change didn't happen. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, And I want to, I guess, emphasize that for young people who may be watching this or for anybody who just recently dedicated their lives to Christ mm-hmm. to not expect a feeling. Yeah. Sometimes a feeling will be there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it won't. Mm-hmm. But don't allow that to deter your, I guess, thought process of what actually just took place. Indeed. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So that was at 18. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to talk about your perspective of yourself. Well, you kind of hit on that, so I'm not going to ask that. Mm -hmm. Talk about your first year of college and what that was like for you. Sure. Um, And one thing I will note as well Mm -hmm. is that while this experience happened that summer before college, Mm -hmm. just like when I was 12, there was no um, real discipleship or Mm follow-up. So I think that's critical, you know, for a person young or old that, you know, is seeking to come to the Lord, mm-hmm. um, to on the first, on the back end of it mm-hmm. beforehand, having a right understanding of the gospel. Yeah. Um, and then on the other end of it as well, being involved in a local body where mm-hmm. you were able to be poured into mm-hmm. disciple, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, because the, the profession of faith could be genuine, mm-hmm. you know, but if there's no follow-up after that, right. it's like, where do I go? What do yep. I do? You know, things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that discipleship piece was missing mm-hmm. um, the summer before going to college as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I think in that, you know, in having that, that reassurance can come mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's important to have a community. Um, that's such an important, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. Yes in your life. And so you definitely need to have others that can hold you accountable Mm -hmm. after that decision has been made. You Mm -hmm. need to have someone to help, just help guide you now, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So absolutely. um, Things may have been different for you had you had that, Mm -hmm. you know, prior to entering college. So with that being said, (laughs) when you got to college, what were things like spiritually and morally for you? Uh, Wow. When I got to college, um, I I had a really rough transition from mm-hmm. high school to college. I was not prepared mm-hmm. um, academically, I feel, um, mm-hmm. in comparison to the school, like, I guess the high schools that the student, other students were coming from. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I felt I was in a very rigorous program. Mm-hmm. It was a nursing program. Mm-hmm. Um, and math and science were not at all my strengths, mm-hmm. and, and that's, you know, you were doubling down mm-hmm. on on those courses um, in order to finish the prereqs to go on to mm-hmm. the actual nursing program. So I was swimming. I was lost. Mm-hmm. I had n- very little like um, skill with 
seeking out professors. You know, some people mm-hmm. are just naturally good at that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, go and chat it up with a professor, mm-hmm. go to office hours. Like, I'd never, I'd never done that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I didn't know how to seek out help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, socially, like, I was very insecure. Mm-hmm. And I was intimidated to, like, pursue friendships and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but I would mask, mask that with, like, a kind of I don't care attitude. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got my friends back home. I don't mm-hmm. need to meet anybody. Mm-hmm. But it was really all just to cover up fear, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I have roommates now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't have any, like, conflict resolution skills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so all of these things, I, I just had a tendency to ingest and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found myself sinking, mm-hmm. sinking and sinking mm-hmm. um, and not knowing how to get help. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I, I think that looking back on it in retrospect, I was a little bit depressed. Okay. Um, morally, I would say I was doing, you know, just the things I had always done. Mm-hmm. Um, had probably still my little check boxes in mm-hmm. my mind of things that I'm not going to be doing mm-hmm. or not doing. Um, but that didn't stop me from like watching TV shows about other people doing right. them, you know things uh-huh. like that. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't going to church. I wasn't mm-hmm. like reading the Bible or anything mm-hmm. like that at the time. I don't believe I was praying. Mm-hmm. Um, still just living life, you know, on my terms. But um, also at the same time, emotionally, and mentally, kind of sinking into a bit of like depression, which. Um, it seemed like that second semester, things turned around a little bit. When okay. I started, um, I got involved with a community that did, like, a lot of volunteering and mm-hmm. stuff. And so mm-hmm. I was starting to have, like, a social connection mm-hmm. a little bit to the school. Mm-hmm. And you're volunteering, so you feel like there's something meaningful that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think things came up for me a little bit that mm-hmm. next semester. I think I also made, like, my... Um, my school load lighter, so I was taking fewer credits. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I was feeling a little bit better, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but spiritually still far from mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, at some point in your sophomore year, mm-hmm. uh, you shared with me that things had kind of taken a turn. Mm-hmm. So talk about that. Sure. Um, so going into my sophomore year, um, I can't remember where I was necessarily academically I was probably still kind of struggling a little bit mm-hmm. it honestly took me till my senior year before I really learned how to do college mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. that's um, real mm-hmm. <laughs> um but morally yeah um I remember having a friend who was nothing more than a friend mm-hmm. um who began to like come over to our apartment um, and just accompany me while I was writing papers and doing, you know, mm-hmm. homework and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there was mutual interest there. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened, but, um, you know, nothing out of the box mm-hmm. happened. But at the same time, for some reason for me, it, it started to cause me to realize the potential that was in me for evil, Mm, okay. Um, the pretend that I I was not keeping myself within these parameters of this these check boxes mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't attribute that to anyone more than the Lord. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. opening my eyes that I'm not like the good person I think I am, mm-hmm. and um, there's real potential in me by how I'm feeling tempted, mm-hmm. like 
to do evil, mm-hmm. you know, to, to walk in impurity, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was probably the first time in my life that I'd really been awakened to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how within that um, we go from there to me recognizing, like realizing that I need the Lord's forgiveness. But um, at some point, um, I remember just like ser- searching online for like the gospel mm-hmm. and um, realizing that I needed Christ. Mm-hmm. And at that point, not understanding like God's forgiveness or love, mm-hmm. but more so realizing that, like thinking about the side of being condemned to hell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and terrified. Um, and so that started me on like this asking God to forgive me and seeking to surrender to the Lord, mm-hmm. seeking to give my life to the Lord, seeking to repent of sin mm-hmm. and things like that, um, but never feeling quite secure in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would you say that was the start of the self-condemnation or actually did it start in your younger years? Right. Um I mean, I think there were hints of that in the whole seeking to come to the Lord after the youth explosion. I think mm-hmm. you can see little traces of, of the fact that I didn't have a grasp of God's love mm-hmm. back then even. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanting that reassurance, mm-hmm. you know, that indeed he'd heard me. <laughs> indeed, mm-hmm. you know, I was saved, you mm-hmm. know, things like mm-hmm. that. Um, but that really kicked it up a notch that sophomore year of college mm-hmm. um and in and all I could think of God in that time was in fearful ways mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and I think that's such a trick of the enemy because even though you were now made aware of wow I'm not as good as I thought myself to be right yeah. or you know, I recognize there's this evil in me. That was actually a revelation yeah. in a good way. That was a grace for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the enemy took that mm-hmm. and he said, oh, okay, I'm going to use this to her disadvantage by making her think that she now has to be perfect. Yeah. And that any little thing that she does or that she thinks that's not in her mind pleasing to God, God's going to get her. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So the, the enemy took something actually good that happened to you. Yeah. And he twisted it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. So, and we're going to, of course, get into that a little bit more as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, at some point, you said that, um, well, was that the point where you realized you needed to truly be saved? I yes. Guess? Okay. Yes. It was in that moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's talk about the semester you studied abroad. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you said that you um, had a roommate. I think at that time. Yeah, okay. I did. I did. So that came my junior year, that following okay. um, school year. Um, and that was after a lot of crazy things that had had transpired mm-hmm. as far as like me spiritually and seeking the Lord and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I went abroad to the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. um, because another thing that happened my freshman year was that... Um, I'd always kind of had a love for Spanish mm-hmm. and cultures and things like that, but it was like truly rekindled my mm-hmm. freshman year uh, when I went on a family vacation mm-hmm. and um, and I ended up taking Spanish my spring semester freshman year. And so mm-hmm. there was just like this fire in me mm-hmm. as well. Like I really want to learn Spanish mm-hmm. and I, I really want to go abroad and things like that. Mm-hmm. So the opportunity came my junior year mm-hmm. um, and I went to the Dominican Republic for a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, 
I um, I had a roommate who was um, practicing the Catholic faith at the time, mm-hmm. and it was it was neat how like the Lord used um, this person um, because not that uh, we are necessarily aligned doctrinally, mm-hmm. but this was just my first opportunity to see what it looks like for like a young person to do devotionals mm-hmm. and like to have their own walk mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. with God. And mm-hmm. she would get up in the mornings and there would be like praise music going on in Spanish. That was like her worship time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would see her praying mm-hmm. and just, I mean, those were just little seeds being planted in mm-hmm. my heart of like what this looks like, yeah. you know, a, a, a a semblance of what this looks mm-hmm. like to walk with mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was there, I mean, there were a few times I would go to, like, um, I'd gone to Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, like, something that I was looking to do, but it was just, like, an occasion. You know, mm-hmm. like, if um, uh, one of the host family's children had something and, you know, mm-hmm. it, we went to church or mm-hmm. whatever, Um and they were more, they were kind of charismatic churches, so there was praise and worship, you know, things of that nature, mm-hmm. all in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know, there was there was something that I, I liked about being there. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, it didn't, like, it wasn't something that, like, brought me to a place of surrender, but I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I love all the families, they're gathered, mm-hmm. and, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I just, just feel so special, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it was like, it felt like a heartwarming thing to like mm-hmm. to be in in a uh, a mass or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay, the service they call mass. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So God was allowing you to see um, through her mm-hmm. um, a little bit of what at least a community of believers yeah. um, looks like, yeah. and you know, um, like okay, maybe. Uh, another seat was planted for you yeah. at the time. I think so. Um, so, okay, so. Um, I want you to talk about, and I don't know when this was, if it was in that same year, mm-hmm. um, at some point you prescribed medication. Yeah. So talk mm-hmm. about the um, the onset of that mm-hmm. and just um, how old you were at the time as well. Sure. So I want to say um, it was probably about 19. So that okay. was the year before. That was the year before. Uh-huh. Okay. So that all coincides with this whole revelation that like I need the Lord, mm-hmm. um, my sophomore year. Um, and yeah, so it's interesting because that, uh, revelation kind of coincides with um, my doctor wanting to prescribe me a medication. Mm-hmm. I had been dealing with skin issues and happened since um, my teenage years, mm-hmm. and I'd gone through different courses of treatment, mm-hmm. and the doctor's kind of like at the end of the road with me mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. ready to pull out the big guns. Mm-hmm. And this was a powerful medicine, but mm-hmm. it was also known to cause um, like mental health issues, including depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, like anyone on this medicine has been closely monitored and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I remember going to an appointment with this doctor mm-hmm. in sophomore year. And mind you, I just come off of like the experience of freshman year, year prior. Right. And the doctor asked me, oh, have you ever struggled with depression before? Mm-hmm. And what did my like scared, like, mm-hmm. you know, intimidated mm-hmm. self, embarrassed self said, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. And I knew, like, I should have said yes. Mm. And I knew, like, even I'm checking out. And I'm like, is it too late for me to go back and just mm, tell the doctor right. yes? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I knew I should have said yes. Mm. Um, but uh, out of fear, mm. I told her no. Mm. And so she starts me on this 
round of medication. Mm -hmm. So being able to tease out what happens next, Mm -hmm. the spiritual element of it from the physiological Mm -hmm. is difficult, you know? Yeah. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, this transpired around the time when I attempted to, like, repent of sin Mm -hmm. and believe on Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And... So this is happening where I'm not, I'm ha- having so many doubts. Mm. I'm spending so much time trying to figure out, am I really saved? Mm. Did I really repent enough? Mm. Um, and I have, I'm having no like grasp at this time of God's love mm. for me. Mm-hmm. When I think of God, it's just in this way of judgment. Mm. It's in this way of, I've got to figure, there's like this urgency in me because mm-hmm. I'm like, I've got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Because if I go to sleep tonight, and I'm legitimately not saved, when I wake up, mm. where am I going to be, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was, like, this growing anxiety mm-hmm. and angst and fear in me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it was becoming a distraction as well from my schoolwork. I was mm-hmm. starting to, like, get behind on things because mm-hmm. I, all I could think about was, am I really saved? Mm-hmm. While at the same time, I'm on this medication as well, known to cause psychological psychological Mm. you know things um and so I'm just kind of sinking Mm. for several months Mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of going going into this dark Mm -hmm, place mm -hmm. for over months wow Mm -hmm. wow and I know you said that it's hard to tell the separation from the physiological and the spiritual but Mm -hmm. would you say that the medic the medication only amplified some of what you were already dealing with internally Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the fact that, like, years later, Mm -hmm. this uh, a similar struggle returned. And when I had been years removed Mm -hmm. from that medication Mm -hmm. shows that, like, Mm -hmm. there's definitely a spiritual component Mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that, too. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that, too. So um, I want you to talk about what led to you eventually taking the antidepressants. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I would say when all this started, mm-hmm. it was probably like in October of that year, it was 2006, mm-hmm. um, that this all started in October, the time of me attempting to come to the Lord mm-hmm. as well as, um, starting the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the course of the next few months, um, like my kind of obsessive tendencies to just be online. Like back then it was forums, you know, now you got mm-hmm. like Facebook groups and stuff, but mm-hmm. it was like forums. Mm-hmm. And so I would find myself on this Christian forum, mm-hmm. scouring it, you mm-hmm. know, and trying to find people who, you know, who had gone through the same things as me mm-hmm. or, you know, were like doubting salvation. What were the answers that were provided mm-hmm. for them? Um, I'm asking people questions. I remember even, I think, reaching out to you and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just also just a lot of anxiety, a mm-hmm. lot of paranoia, um, where I'm starting to become afraid. Like as I'm like leaving out of my uh, on-campus apartment to like go to class, walking around, what if something happens to me? And then I go, I die and I go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm just mentally like I'm just Mm. sinking and Mm. not something's just not right Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um and so this led me all the way to December Mm -hmm. I came home um on Christmas break Mm -hmm. and I was working at the job where you know usually work um, child care on breaks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um I was just so paranoid at work um 
I was getting anxious. It was almost time for me to get off, and I had to go and walk to the metro. Mm -hmm. And when things just kind of, like, took a turn for just, Mm. you know, spiraled out of control, Mm -hmm. I remember that particular evening I got off work, and I was in, like, this hyper-vigilant panic mode Mm -hmm. where I'm, like, thinking in my mind that God is against me, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm thinking, Mm -hmm. like, he's going to try to kill me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just thinking, like, of him in such, Mm. you know, fearful ways mm-hmm. i'm walking like in downtown dc you know afraid every time i cross the street a car, he's gonna let a car hit me that's what's gonna happen mm-hmm. um the metro is gonna hit me you know just whatever mm-hmm. um as you can see like this is not mm-hmm. typical thinking Absolutely. you know mm-hmm. um i finally make it home and mm-hmm. i'm relieved that i'm alive that i made it home but my thoughts are just that like god is gonna kill me before i it's like a race against the clock to find the mm-hmm. answers to Am I saved or not? Mm. Did I repent? It's a race to find that out before, like, God takes me out kind of thing. And um, I remember being up half the night that night. I I was having trouble sleeping Mm. at nights because I was starting to have dreams Mm -hmm. about, like, um, just things related to hell and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, I'm attributing all this to God, you know, and um, the, yeah, and... Uh, I remember coming home um, and stopped watching TV, and my mom is noticing like changes in me too, just like this sudden stop of like watching TV. And okay. um, but that particular night, I came home and I'm just like online, mm-hmm. um, trying to find churches to reach out to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk to somebody, and it's like midnight on like a Friday night. I don't know what church is open, right, <laughs> you know, right. like uh-huh. or has just somebody waiting on mm-hmm, call mm-hmm. on staff <laughs> for my call. <laughs> So every church that didn't have someone to respond right away, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, even more God is against me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So finally, like someone answers the phone, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, and I'm I'm just like, hello, and she's just like, are you okay? And I'm just like, no, I don't know if you know whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, this woman did not have the sense of urgency that I mm-hmm, had at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is I'm in a crisis, right. you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I, um, I remember reaching out to a friend that night who mm-hmm. tried to put me in contact with a, another a more seasoned believer. Mm-hmm. And um, no matter how many people I talked to, there was no reassurance in mm. me. Cause, because what if you're wrong, you mm. know? Um, and so mm. I was like up half the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally the next day, I just went into my mom's room and just laid out on her bed and just... Mm-hmm. And she knew something was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, just observing mm-hmm. these sudden and strange changes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't feel good. Or something mm-hmm. like that, I said. And um, I remember that day just laid out on the couch in the living room. And it was just terrible. All these thoughts are just whizzing through my mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, God hates you you know just like mm. all of these thoughts mm-hmm. are just zooming in and out and and I was just not in my right mind yeah. you could essentially say mm-hmm. um so at that point my mom reached out to that doctor mm-hmm. and she told me immediately stop the medication mm. um and I may have ended up like going to the ER or something mm-hmm. of that nature mm-hmm. and I think that the doctor there he was very sympathetic if I can remember correctly mm-hmm. very sympathetic and telling me that I had the promise you know I would either 
see a counselor or take the medication, something like that, or they would admit me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think that was probably the reason I agreed to mm -hmm. start a medication. Okay. It was either because of the ER doctor or because of the doctor who had originally prescribed the, um, the medication to me in the first place. And she felt horrible, but it wasn't her fault. Like, right. I, I wasn't sincere with her, right. you know? So, wow. yeah. So did the medication help? Uh, I can't say that it did. Mm -hmm. I can't say that it did, honestly. Um, I began that medication, and I also began seeing, like, a therapist as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't say that either one of them um, helped mm. with the situation. Um, I was just feeding it so much, mm -hmm. like, that fear. Mm -hmm. Um, I was feeding it through, like I was, I figured I have to make myself repent. I have to work myself up mm -hmm. to repent. So I was listening to like, um, different pastors and teachers wh whom I am probably not their target audience. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, at that point I was already broken and I needed to know the grace of God. I didn't need, uh, I wasn't of a hard heart that needed mm -hmm. to be broken and to have uh my sin like mm -hmm. I put on display I mm -hmm. was very aware of my sin mm -hmm. I needed the balm I right. needed you know um gentleness mm -hmm. and so I but I was exposing myself to preachers who were speaking to those who had perhaps hard hearts mm -hmm. because I thought that I needed to be broken broken mm -hmm. broken mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. in order to repent enough to be accepted mm -hmm. to God and mm -hmm. I was, so, so through that I was just feeding those fears mm -hmm. and um I did not see any relief from like mm -hmm. the the things that were supposed to that were intended to bring relief mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. wow so you weren't taking the antidepressants long. No. Right. No. Okay. Mm -mm. So did you ever go back to the other medication or you were done? No, I after was that? completely you done. You were done. Yeah, I okay. was done. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want you to talk about your um, experience over a spring break. I don't know what year yeah. of college that was for you. That was that same um, school year. Same school year? Yeah, so okay. it, it would have been... 2007 like this that spring break okay. 2007 because mm -hmm. this lingered on started in october 06 mm -hmm. and it i mean even after coming off of that medication i was mm -hmm. still going through the anxiety and mm -hmm. the panic and you know stuff like that mm -hmm. through 2007 until um yeah we went uh, we were you know let out of school for a mm -hmm. spring break and um i didn't go and you know it wasn't anything crazy mm -hmm. it was just a matter of like coming back home mm -hmm. and hanging with familiar faces mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um, completely, like, leaving all the God stuff in my mind, you know, but completely leaving that behind mm -hmm. and um, stop trying to figure out, am I saved, am I not saved, you know, right. just... And, um, and it, it was just living like... It wasn't that I was, you know, I went out and just said, I'm going to just do something wild. Mm -hmm. It was just a matter of not focusing anymore on mm -hmm. like the things that were making me feel so uh, much angst mm -hmm. and it seemed like as soon as I started spending time with those who were familiar leaving those thoughts behind like all of the depression anxiety everything just came to a screeching halt mm -hmm. 
it just ceased. Mm-hmm. And so what do you, you know, do with that? Like you, you, in my mind, I assume like that trying to seek God brought that, the suicidal thoughts, the, the condemnation, the, you know, and I totally walked away from everything like pertaining to the Lord and just assume like, mm-hmm. Hey, I tried. Mm-hmm. I tried to come to Christ. I earnestly, if somebody could say they earnestly mm-hmm. tried, it, mm-hmm. I I tried, mm-hmm. um, and God just didn't want me. Mm-hmm. And so that was the conclusion I drew from that, and I just totally walked away mm-hmm. from the things of God mm-hmm. and spent the next several years kind of just under that. Like I I don't think God wants me. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, you know. And any time, like, I would he- perhaps hear a gospel presentation or mm-hmm. something like that, there would be this little glimpse of hope that would try to rise up inside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, maybe he does want me. You know, like, mm-hmm, maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, we had, um, I'm sure Towson had the same. Um, you have, like, some uh, individuals, like, ministers who serve, um, like, uh campus ministry mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they're on like that main drag mm-hmm. and they might have like a bo- a board or things like that and they're sharing the gospel mm-hmm. I remember you know for my the next couple years of being in college out mm-hmm. there was a, a guy who I just looking back I just admire his boldness mm-hmm. oh my goodness mm-hmm. um college students can be really hostile mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. but he would come like maybe twice a week mm-hmm. and he was proclaiming the gospel um and 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 so his form of proclaiming is to often hard hearts and so he's not coming in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a lamb you know he's coming in mm-hmm. you know with the the axe mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying but I, I he would always catch my attention okay and i would always want to hear a little more mm-hmm. and um, I would want to come and talk to him and you know others are like scoffing at him but i'm just like from afar just kind of like Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if only, you know, if only God wanted me, like if only, you mm-hmm. know, and I may have ta- reached talk to him like a time or, or two, but mm-hmm. I mean, like that was always something I was just like, uh, if mm-hmm. only, you know, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, hmm. um, kind of walking away, feeling defeated, I mm-hmm. guess that's how I spent the next few years. Just, mm-hmm. I tried and he did not want me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow. As you're talking, I'm just thinking, man, you devil, you shut up, you yeah. know, because <laughs> I'm, it's just interesting how he'll just amp up mm-hmm. whatever his attacks are mm-hmm. at that very moment of just recognizing more of who God is, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, it's time to amp it up now because she's so close yeah. to truly breaking through, um, you know, and reaching the point of, of just being that woman of God that God has always created her to be, but I got to do something to stop that. I got to make her think that this is not at all worth it mm-hmm. and that God doesn't love her. Yeah. You know, that's just such a trick of the enemy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want you to talk about 2009. You said that something very um, integral happened that year. So talk about that. Um, meeting Daniel? Or uh, you that said was 2009? You said, <laughs> <laughs> true. And <laughs> I think I have another question about meeting Daniel, but mm-hmm. I think you said that there was something that happened. I don't know if it was near graduation or... Uh, graduation. 
I don't know if you met someone that I don't know. So it may have been um let's see, it may have been um meeting it wasn't meeting Daniel on Facebook because that was um that was two thousand nine. That was two thousand nine, we'll talk uh, about that. Maybe okay. that's what it was. <laughs> so in two thousand nine, um that was my senior year mm-hmm. of college. And I had every intention. I had such a good experience, like, going abroad. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, but it was just too short. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to go abroad again mm-hmm. um, after college. And this time, like, for six months to a year, something mm-hmm. longer. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. You remember. I, I remember okay. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so bagging up. Yeah, so during that year, like, yeah, there was, um, it was a, it's a really short blip of time. Mm-hmm. But it was, um. There was someone who, there was a mutual interest mm-hmm. um, at school, and this person was a professing believer. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, of course, I was not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this person kind of like, I guess, led, when you say led me on mm-hmm. kind of thing, or, you know, was pursuing me for a bit and then just like kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. And I think that just, I mean, that just added a little bit of insult to injury of like, you, it's, it's hard because as believers, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. being perfected. Mm-hmm. But yet, we have like the mark of Christ on us. Mm-hmm. And so when we do something, it, it it's, you can't help for mm-hmm. it to like point people back to like, this is potentially what the Lord is like. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's a double whammy. It's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but just having that happen to me just was kind of like another... Mm. You know, what do you say? Another nail in the casket mm-hmm. of like, man, like this another is what reason Christians not to do. pursue God, yeah, basically. Um, this mm-hmm. is what Christians do, you mm-hmm. know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in 2009 um, is when I met the person who years, 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 years later mm-hmm. <laughs> would become my husband. Um, I was, I should tell her. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I was in a relationship at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, this was back in the day when Facebook allowed you to see the post of, or the notes, they called it back then. Mm-hmm, this is vintage mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> the notes of, like, mutual friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so back from my sophomore year when I had, like, been trying to come to the Lord, I had started uh, occasionally going to, like, a Bible study mm-hmm. um, through a, a um fraternity sorority a and q that was on my campus i just from being amongst the minorities in my Mm -hmm, university mm -hmm. like we all kind of had some um acquaintanceship with one another Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i had a at least one a and q member on my facebook Mm -hmm. as a friend and i was able to see um i'm i'm on summer home for the summer Mm -hmm. and i was able to see a a post or note by one of my friend's friends. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this person mm-hmm. at all, um, but he was writing about courtship mm-hmm. and um, old-fashioned type of sound <laughs> for a relationship, right, you know? Right. <laughs> um, but he was writing about godly courtships. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in a relationship, and I... It couldn't have been godly because I wasn't walking with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but there was something that was, like, very intriguing about this. Like, huh, you mm-hmm. know, like, I, 
I want a godly relationship, even though I don't know God. Like, I, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so I reached out to him and added him as a friend. Mm-hmm. And um, he writes, you know, like, hey, how do I know you? Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't know you. I mm-hmm. just like your writing. And it was totally platonic. I, there was mm-hmm. no interest on either part mm-hmm. at the time. And um, he immediately starts to share the gospel with me <laughs> and try to witness to me. Um, like, okay, <laughs> you know. I just wanted to ask about I just wanted, to, I wanted to push it, but you <laughs> You got too much going on over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, and that was just the nature, honestly, of our relationship over mm-hmm. the next several years. Mm-hmm. Um, just Facebook conversations mm-hmm. that would start out, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. Have you given any thought to Christ lately? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it would immediately go there mm-hmm. and he would tell you to like there was no um, romantic interest in me mm-hmm. at the time he just mm-hmm. saw you know an opportunity mm-hmm. to um hopefully love someone into the kingdom mm-hmm. you know um and so that was 2009 the summer before I ended up going abroad again mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay and before we um go to the next question mm-hmm. I'm just remembering Daniel from my years at Towson now, he graduated years before I did, mm-hmm. but he would still come back to campus every now and then for A&Q events and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, and so I knew of him, yeah. you know, during my college years. And so fast forwarding to when you guys got married or when I saw that you guys were in a relationship, I was like, Danielle's with that guy that I would always <laughs> see at Towson. And he always seemed so on fire for God. Mm-hmm. And people always spoke, always spoke well of him. Mm-hmm. So I was very just excited when mm-hmm. I saw that you guys were in a relationship. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I always saw him from afar, but I always saw him as a just a great Christian man. Mm, you know? Lord. So yeah. it was just such a I don't even know how to describe it, but I was just like, oh, my God, Danielle, it's Danielle. Like, that's so funny, you know? Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool. So 2009 is when you met him. Yeah. Um, and you decided to study abroad again. Mm-hmm. I want you to talk about the lady you met there who was a believer, who was a believer um, mm-hmm. and she invited you to her church. You thought it was for another reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about that. Oh, right. Okay, so it ended up being like January 2010 when I left. Okay. Um, and this time I was going to get to teach abroad. Mm-hmm. So I went to Colombia mm-hmm. and I was a part of this cohort of other um, young adults. We all recently graduated and mm-hmm. we were going to be sent to different uh, cities or towns mm-hmm. in the country to teach English. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was there, had been there for several months. Um, and even before I met that one woman, we had, um, it's normal to have hired help mm-hmm. in um, Latin America. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't have a washing machine. And so we had um, hired someone who did our laundry weekly. Okay. And um, she came from like the countryside mm-hmm. and she was already working in another um, residence in that apartment. Mm-hmm. So that's how we connected with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was a believer, mm-hmm. you know, and I believe there were a couple of occasions where she talked to me about Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were also little seeds that mm-hmm. were being planted. No matter, like, if the Lord is pursuing you, mm-hmm. you can go 
whatever country you mm-hmm, want to mm-hmm. and he's able to put that's you know, right. believers that's you know right. looking back it's just like man like his his love like mm-hmm. i i could not see it at the time mm-hmm, but now mm-hmm. it's like wow mm-hmm. he was really calling and drawing mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. um so fast forward a little bit um i i've worked with kids for a while mm-hmm. and so of co- i when i um got to columbia i was working with uh, young adults in college, okay. college age kids, mm-hmm. and um, of course, like wherever I go, like the desire is just gonna be there to find. Like, are there some little kids I can work mm-hmm. with? You know, mm-hmm. um, and so I don't know how I, I. My memory is a little foggy on this, because mm-hmm. um, I know two ladies who were attending a particular church. Mm-hmm. Um, one was the wife of a restaurant owner, like that. Um, we frequented that was uh, near our apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if it was me sitting down with her or if it was with another person. Mm-hmm. But I was conversing with someone about mm-hmm. um, like perhaps wanting to like uh, looking for an opportunity to maybe teach English to little kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told me that in their church there was possibly an opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like, I'm not thinking about, like, going to the church <laughs> or becoming a member. You know, mm-hmm. like, anything like that. My mind is on what I'm passionate about, teaching. Mm-hmm. So they invited me mm-hmm. to come to the church that Sunday mm-hmm. and to meet the teacher at the classroom and see, mm-hmm. you know, what we can work out. I get there, and um, I'm thinking this might have been the wife of the restaurant owner Mm -hmm. and she meets me there and we are supposed to go to the classroom no kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) no kids maybe I met a teacher um and then it turns to hey you gonna come to service with me (laughs) you're so like excuse me excuse me did you just bamboozle me right what's happening (laughs) so I went to service Mm -hmm. um and that person may have had to serve in some capacity that Sunday. So mm-hmm. I not only I think go to service, but get left with somebody else. And I'm just like, you know mm-hmm. I did take a note, I think it's right. a couple notes and stuff, mm-hmm. but no, um didn't do anything I intended to do mm-hmm. that Sunday. Mm-hmm. So um I thinking the story continues this way that there was um a student at the university where i was teaching mm-hmm. also i don't think i knew she went to that church as well okay um she was looking for um and uh, someone to tutor um her friend's brother who was a doctor mm-hmm. who needed some english help mm-hmm. and wow so now that i'm thinking about that doctor and his family end up being a a part of this whole story okay. a couple years later. Okay. It's just how amazing how the Lord worked. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I'm just meeting him because mm-hmm. um, he needs some help with English. Mm-hmm. So in the midst of that, um, I may have shared with that young lady that like, oh, I wanted to teach English to the kids at the church. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I can take you. <laughs> so I take a taxi to the church the next week probably. Mm-hmm. Or a few couple weeks later, mm-hmm. same thing happens. <laughs> I didn't meet not near one child, <laughs> but I end up in service again. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, that Sunday, somehow I end up going back behind the 
you know, off in some place and I'm mm-hmm. speaking with a counselor person or somebody mm-hmm. and I'm just like, wait a minute here, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I, and at the time, like, I, I mean, looking back on it, mm-hmm. who would have, you know, a, a foreign person, I'm a foreigner, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not walking with the Lord. They don't know me from Adam, mm-hmm. like come in and work with their, like teach their mm-hmm. kids. Like, mm-hmm. no, you mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. Right, um, right. That shouldn't have been an expectation. But at the time, I just saw it as like, oh, these Christians, mm-hmm. you know, they schemed or, mm-hmm. you know, just whatever. And it may, and it was just another thing that I could add mm-hmm. to say that this is why I'm not mm-hmm. coming to the mm-hmm. Lord, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can have difficult experiences and, and there's no dismissal of, you know, being hurt, church hurt, mm-hmm. things, traumas and things like that, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't come, you know, looking at what God's word says, like, we love darkness more than we love light, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we, and I, and I loved darkness more than I loved light at that mm-hmm. point, honestly, mm-hmm. um, and so, hmm. yeah, I, <laughs> I met mm-hmm. not one child in mm-hmm. that, in that place, I think I went with that young lady to, like, a home fellowship, mm-hmm. Um, and so that also gave me a little bit of a glimpse of what was to come, mm-hmm. uh, when I, so I had that experience with the young lady with her devotionals. And then mm-hmm. I had this experience of going to what is like a small group or home mm-hmm. fellowship, mm-hmm. um, not knowing that like the Lord was about to put me in a place where like home fellowships would become like this integral part of my life, like mm-hmm. in a few years. And so there's like just seeds mm-hmm. at this point being planted mm-hmm. in the midst of me being like, in probably the darkest places morally, mm-hmm. um, that I had ever been in, mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. The Lord is still like working mm-hmm. and drawing mm-hmm. and, uh, pursuing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So when did you enter into a relationship? Were you already dating at that point or was it after? Well, um, the relationship I was in in Colombia, it started like very early. I got Mm -hmm. to Colombia. I arrived there in January of 2010. Mm -hmm. And that relationship started... A friendship started probably like February, and mm-hmm. then the relationship like in April. Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. pretty early on that first year, and so by time I went to visit that church, yes, I believe I was already entrenched in that mm-hmm. relationship. Okay. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about that relationship, as much as you want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, just what was it like? Sure. Um, it was. In my eyes, my last opportunity at happiness in life. Mm. So that's the amount of pressure I put on that relationship, mm. clinging to it for dear life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Probably, if I had to use professional terms, that I'm codependent. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, this person was older than mm-hmm. me. Um, and I just was really attached and, you know, we both were just very needy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the ill effect of like trying to navigate relationships outside of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that you don't already have 
you're not satisfied and fulfilled in the Lord, and so you try to uh, Find it suffocate it, mm-hmm. another person and mm-hmm. seek that out mm-hmm. from someone who can't give you mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You know, only the Lord can. Mm-hmm. And so this person was like, this, you know, I was seeking love. Mm-hmm. And this person was like the source of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was desperately seeking love and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be married. I wanted to have children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was, um, if this person wasn't already suitable for that, I was going to try my hardest to, to make it a relationship that would be conducive mm-hmm. to those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, morally, there was no seeking the Lord in that relationship mm-hmm. um, God was nowhere to be found in that relationship mm-hmm. and um, I found myself at the most impu- impure that mm-hmm. like I had um, ever been in my life mm-hmm. like it, just a decline mm-hmm. I was on a true downward spiral mm-hmm. um so it wasn't a good relationship mm-hmm. or something I definitely like clung to. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, looking back, if that would have been a marriage, mm-hmm. then the the amount of like grit to, to fight for things, that would have been good. Mm-hmm. But this was not a marriage. Right. Um, I didn't have the commitment of marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, yet I was fighting for and clinging to that mm-hmm. relationship with dear life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said that you were looking for love. Would you say that because you didn't know yet God's love for you, that you were trying to fill that void with him? Quite possibly. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly. Um, yeah, I didn't have his love, the Lord's love, like saturating my life, filling my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just, we're just not made to live on E, you know? We're just not made to live empty, um, mm-hmm think we can Mm -hmm. you know we think we don't need and we think we don't have innate you know desires but there's something innate in us that Mm -hmm. needs to have an identity that needs to feel loved Mm -hmm. wanted there's something innate in us that needs to worship even Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah if that's not um happening through a right relationship with god a vertical really it's not happening vertically we're mm-hmm. going to look for it horizontally mm-hmm. yeah so I, I definitely think that had a role in it mm-hmm. yeah absolutely now throughout your relationship you were still every now and then talking to Daniel on Facebook correct? yeah <laughs> every few months um <laughs> you know and 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 I would say like I loved being in Colombia so mm-hmm. like to a degree that was like satisfying me at the time being there and you know so he we when I would talk to him on Facebook you know I I was truly like kind of happy you Mm know um and I was able to express that you know Mm -hmm. yeah I'm teaching or I'm doing this or Mm -hmm. whatever um but he would quickly shift the conversation (laughs) I mean he would give me like three minutes max (laughs) of the casual whatever whatever chat then it's like, have you given any thought to um, what we talked about before about mm-hmm. the Lord? Mm-hmm. What's keeping you from making the Lord mm-hmm. your Savior and your mm-hmm. Lord? And um, I got to the point where I started avoiding him. <laughs> I started ducking and dodging him because I knew, like, every time we talked, 
He's gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna bring bring something up about my relationship with the yeah. Lord. <laughs> and I just wasn't there yet. Mm-hmm. So. Speaking of that, though, <laughs> you said that uh, you had a conversation with your boyfriend about Daniel. Like he is so annoying or whatever. <laughs> so talk about that because I believe something happened that night. Yes. So talk about that. Yeah, so this is now um, 2012. Mm-hmm. So that one year that I thought I was going to spend in Colombia turned into two. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it turned into me coming home and uh, us entering a long-distance relationship for a little bit mm-hmm. until I went back to Colombia that summer of 2012. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, one evening, um, my ex and I, we were talking and, and this was the same day. So that day, <laughs> Daniel had um, I had like recently got back, gotten back to Columbia, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and this was one of the first times I probably got on Facebook mm-hmm. and boom, here he is. I haven't heard from him for months. <laughs> and he's like how are you, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he asked me the question that and he's going to ask about mm-hmm. the Lord. And that time I was like, I got something for him because I had been praying, you know. <laughs> so I'm like, look here, you know. <laughs> I've been praying, right. you know, and I thought that would be enough to kind of like mm-hmm. curb his excitement, uh, you know, or <laughs> his zeal. And he was like, let me rephrase this. <laughs> so he's like, what's keeping you mm. from, I don't want, you know, essentially, I don't care that, you know, you're praying, mm-hmm. you're praying to your ceiling, or, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, he didn't, his, my paraphrase, not his, right, right. <laughs> but essentially, like, he, he says, what is keeping you from um, receiving Christ as your Lord and mm-hmm. as your Savior? Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. um. And then here it comes, you know, with the excuses. It's just kind of like, oh, well, I still have some doubts about mm-hmm. whether like Jesus is really God or, you know, something I mm-hmm. said. And he's like, look, if I send you something, will you read it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually like a, a final paper from this class that I was actually, that I actually ended up taking at fall at okay. church. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, it was a back to basics, like discipleship class. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so funny. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. he's like, if I send you this, will you read it? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then my laptop dies <laughs> when I try to... <laughs> Like after you said okay, yeah. your laptop just died. It not that between then and over the next few hours, mm-hmm. at some point in that same day, okay, um, my laptop died on me. Okay, that I'd taken with me there, mm-hmm. and so I couldn't read it at the time. But gotcha. I did say I would read it, and mm-hmm. I can't say that I was like upset when I couldn't <laughs> read it, you know, <laughs> at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so <sighs> sounds bad, I know, <laughs> but um. So later that day, mm-hmm. um, my ex comes over, and I was um, I was just there in Colombia that time, that trip for mm-hmm. the summer, mm-hmm. and I was just basically crashing on a friend's um, living room floor. Mm-hmm. I had like literally a mattress mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a suitcase mm-hmm. and a fan that I'd borrowed because mm-hmm. it was really hot there. Mm-hmm. Um, very limited. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my ex comes over to visit with mm-hmm. me um, later that day. And we're talking, and I'm, like, telling him about Daniel, but not in, like, a positive light. You know, I'm saying, like, oh, this guy, like,
like, he's just constantly, you know, pestering me and mm-hmm. trying to, like, share Jesus with me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm just, like, laughing. I've been dodging him and this mm-hmm. and that. And, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I am I'm sharing about what's going on with mm-hmm. my ex at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Should I share, like, what happens? Whatever you want to share. Sure. <laughs> and so um, my ex, a little bit of backstory with that. Um, oddly enough, during those six months that I was home before I came mm-hmm. back to visit, mm-hmm. when we were long um, in a long-distance relationship, mm-hmm. our phone calls, during our phone calls, he was starting to say little things like, oh, you know, I've started reading my Bible, or I want you to pray with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like... Okay. Just kind of out of the blue? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of just gradually started to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to pray with me, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Or promise me when you get off the phone, you'll pray before you go to bed tonight. I was like, okay. So mm-hmm. we get off the phone, and I'm like, I'm only doing this because I said yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying in bed, and I'm like looking up at the ceiling and praying and knowing that, like, excuse me, these words aren't going any further than the mm-hmm, ceiling, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I just instinctively even knew during that time, like if I ever truly came to the Lord, that he was going to take that relationship. Mm-hmm. I just knew it. Mm-hmm. I just knew it. And that was probably a hesitation, you know, a point mm-hmm. of hesitation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So fast forward, when I came back to Colombia, mm-hmm. and that evening we're, you know, we're chatting it up about... Mm-hmm. Daniel, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and and somehow the conversation turned to like he and I's life together, mm-hmm. um, and I was just like saying some things about like wanting to you know that I would want to do or you know plans and things like that, mm-hmm. and then I remember he called me worldly. <laughs> Okay. He called me worldly. He's like, your thinking is so worldly, you know. And I was taken aback a bit. And it was like, oh, you know, I'm going to find a way to clap back. You know, like, right. it's something, you know, right. verbally. And so I, I kind of asked, like, so what do you think, what do you have to say about the fact of, like, you know, just the impurity of our relationship? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say about that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Mr. Mm-hmm. Religious Man. Like, right. you know, what do you <laughs> And he, in that moment, he said, es pecado, which is in Spanish, it's, it's sin. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and I was just like, whoa. You know, like, the whole time, and mm-hmm. at this point it had been two years in that relationship, mm-hmm. I had um, felt a sense of guilt mm-hmm. for the way we were carrying out the relationship. Mm-hmm. I felt guilty Mm -hmm. but this was the first time that it had been labeled sin Mm. um and it was when he said that it was as if like six daggers Mm. had been shot through me Mm -hmm. and I believe that was the conviction of the Holy Spirit Mm. you know um so that was said and it was just like Mm. you know mm-hmm. and and having and, and I'm the one trying to like you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> retaliate right. right and it ends up coming back to me you know mm-hmm. and 
I hmm. suppose like the Lord can use, you know, anyone mm-hmm. to, to bring that because mm-hmm. I mean, he was just as much in sin, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. as well. But fast forward, we continue through, you know, the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and it ends interestingly because he proposed to me. Right, right. And so, and I accepted. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and so we were now engaged. Mm-hmm. And I remember us like getting down on our knees mm-hmm. and praying and asking like God's blessing mm-hmm. over the relationship and mm-hmm. asking for God's will to be done mm-hmm. in the relationship. And um, it was, it was, <laughs> his mm-hmm. will was done very soon after that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so, so that evening I'm now engaged. I'm now, I'm like on cloud nine, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get married. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, he leaves mm-hmm. and I'm getting ready to go to bed. I'm mm-hmm. just like dreamy and right, stuff like right. that. Um, and I, I'm trying to get into bed mm-hmm. and something is like, go figure out what Daniel is trying to show you. Mm. I'm like, you know? (laughs) So I don't think I could pull it up Mm -hmm. on even like my cell phone. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, I tried. Mm -hmm. Good night. (laughs) I tried. Um, And there was just this prodding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I could not explain it. It was Mm -hmm. just like, you need to go figure out what he's, saying to you mm. and um you said this was late too right yeah mm. i mean it, it was after 11 p.m mm-hmm. go figure out what he's saying to you so mm-hmm. i was like okay i um i know the topic at least he's he's trying to share with me the plan of salvation mm-hmm. essentially because i could i think i was able to maybe not open his document but i at least probably saw that the heading mm-hmm. the title the salvation mm-hmm. so i just googled probably like plan of salvation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and came across something and mind you you know this whole history i've had Mm -hmm. i've probably read this Mm -hmm. plan of salvation a million times Mm -hmm, over mm -hmm. i tried this before Mm -hmm. you know so i reluctantly just like open this document or open whatever google brought up for me Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. was just like nothing's gonna happen right i've been down this road before mm-hmm, just so mm-hmm. defeated you know mm-hmm. um but this time i i don't know what time it was one in the morning at this mm-hmm. point um reading and i uh, just the story of god's plan of salvation mm-hmm. how christ died for mm-hmm. my sin mm-hmm. um and it was as if the words there were just leaping mm-hmm off mm-hmm. the page mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this that i've read <laughs> and heard before mm-hmm. was now real to me yeah. the first time mm-hmm, ever mm-hmm. and the thing is like i'm very analytical mm-hmm. i you know up until that point i needed to know with things like how and why mm-hmm. i in order to believe it i need to be able to understand mm-hmm. the mechanics behind mm-hmm. it but all that was ringing in my mind at that time mm-hmm. was like I don't understand how this could be true, but if you have said this, God, I believe it. Mm. And that was like the first time there was an inkling of faith in me, mm. you know? Um, I, I I didn't get, and it's still like, you know, not 100% clear the mysteries of God, how mm-hmm. blood shed 2,000 years ago yeah. can be effective in me today. Like. Ha- mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, how 
God can be fully man and fully mm-hmm. human. Like, these are, are big mm-hmm. mysteries, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But it was like, yeah, the first time you said this, God, and I believe it. Mm. And I was, mind you, I was in the living room of a friend. Mm-hmm. This was not an altar call. Mm-hmm. This was not in a church building. Mm-hmm. There was no formalities in mm-hmm. this. There was no one to lead me in prayer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I just turned and began to pray mm-hmm. and began to just seek the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know for how long, mm-hmm. but, um, and mind you, I said that like, I just instinctively knew that like, if I ever came to Christ, he was going to take this relationship mm-hmm. and that was a fearful thing. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I just remember praying, if you love me in this way, Lord, have all of me. Mm. You can have everything, including this relationship. Mm. I was so willing to just relinquish. You told him that? Yes. Wow. Everything. Wow. Have Because this is the love that I have been desperately mm. searching for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now that I know this is real, after all these years, have everything. Mm. And that night I totally just surrendered to the Lord. And it came with feelings. <laughs> it came with it, mm-hmm. it. It there's in this walk. There's not always feelings, mm-hmm. but that night the Lord mm-hmm. gave me the the, the fuzzy wuzzies <laughs> 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 because I just felt like such a washing mm-hmm. of love, mm-hmm. and I probably needed that. Yeah. Just all of that condemnation mm-hmm. and just damaging things that I had been mm-hmm. under for all those years. Mm-hmm. Um, walking around in such defeat of like Mm -hmm. just God doesn't want me and to find out that he does Mm -hmm. I probably needed that Mm -hmm. and so I just I was just basking in just Mm -hmm. his love Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. night Mm -hmm. and then it suddenly goes from I'm laughing at Daniel Mm -hmm. and I'm avoiding him Mm -hmm. to it's about four in the morning and I'm sending him (laughs) this long Facebook message I don't know what just (laughs) happened to me (laughs) And I want to follow Jesus, and I don't know what what I'm doing Mm -hmm, or anything. mm -hmm. And wrote him this long message, and then just like went to bed. Mm. And I had been redeemed at that point, Mm. truly redeemed. I love that. Yeah, I love that. And as you were talking, you know, we were talking about the feeling, right? The feeling of God being with us and Mm -hmm. feeling His presence, and you felt it that night. Although you didn't feel it when you got baptized or at that youth explosion night, those were still very critical moments for you Yeah. of just um, giving a part of yourself to God. So maybe if those moments didn't happen, mm-hmm. who's to say you would have heard that voice telling you, go and read that, right. that um, document that mm-hmm. Daniel sent you. So again, God knows what he's doing, even though we may not feel, well, God, um, I went to the altar that night and I gave my life to you, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I still feel the same. Mm -hmm. Well, I got baptized, but you know, no, those were critical moments that Mm -hmm. set you up for a future moment to Mm -hmm. come, you know? So those moments weren't in vain at all. Right. No, Mm -hmm. um, I think what made this was, so different was like the the veil had been removed and mm. I there was a, a proper explaining of the gospel mm. at that point mm-hmm, and um the Holy Spirit has so worked in my heart mm-hmm. to the point where I was 
I was ready to accept. Mm-hmm. You know, I was ready to repent. Mm-hmm. I was um, ready to believe. Like I, I can't describe any of that except for just the working mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit yeah. to had to give me that awareness of my sin mm-hmm. and to give me the faith to just mm-hmm. <laughs> to believe. Because God had said it, mm-hmm. didn't have a lot of theological or doctrinal right. anything at that mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. And um, to trust in, in the Lord, you know, to surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's possibly, you know, what was missing from those, mm-hmm. those previous things. You mm-hmm. know, there may have been an element of I'm aware of sin and that I need God. Mm-hmm. But was it, was I, was I seeking him as my savior? Mm-hmm. Or was I really ready to surrender to him as my Lord right. at, that, at those points? You know, right. so there may have been, like, pieces of the story. Mm-hmm. But I think at that point, like, there was an awareness mm-hmm. of the, the true, the fullness of the gospel. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you explained you had that great experience with God, yeah. right? But soon after, spiritually mm-hmm. or mentally... You had those old thoughts from before just come rushing back. So talk about how soon after that moment did they occur and what it was like for you. Well, that was part one of episode 23 featuring Mrs. Danielle Unger. And the title of this episode is Overcoming Self-Condemnation. I hope that you are ready to tune into the next episode, which will premiere next Thursday, May 4th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Until then, everyone, go ahead and share this episode with someone. Hit like if you haven't already, and leave a comment in the comment section letting us know how this has blessed you today. In addition, go ahead and subscribe to the channel, Breakthrough Conversations. Until next time, everyone, be blessed and have a wonderful day.